Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Over the last five or six years, China's made $500 billion, $500 billion, ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft, add that to it and add a lot of other things to it. So somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. <laughs> you got to love the guy. For the guts he has. And the fact is, he is the only one who took on China. Uh, we all know this was long overdue, and we all know the Democrats and most of the Republicans were sold out to China. Do I have to mention the Republican names? Uh, who ran for the presidency? The guy with the undershirt and the spindly arms. Bob Dole. War hero. War hero spent years in a hospital from war injuries in World War II, ran for the presidency, and lost. And we wake up, and there's Bob Dole working as a lobbyist for China. Madeline Halfbright, well, you'd expect that from a, a brisket maker. So everyone has sold out to China or had sold out to China. Trump came along and said, no, we got to, you know, pull back on this. So he started to do it. I myself called for, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, you put tariffs on stuff. America was built on tariffs, as I pointed out in my last book. So tariffs were long overdue. And they're fighting back and trying to hurt us a little bit. There's an interesting article today that I'm going to quote later on because the uh, author will be on with us. I think he's brilliant. However, I will challenge him. He says that China Z is winning against Trump. And his article was in the Washington Post, David Von Driel, brilliant man, fabulous writing. And he said, Z's choice, destroy Trump or save him and weaken America. I don't agree with him necessarily. Uh, I think Trump may have some tricks up his sleeve and Z may not hold all the cards. That's at hour number two. But I want to get to the other topics I'm going to discuss today. San Francisco's violence has gotten out of control. And I, again, am saying we need the FBI to bring in a federal strike force into the city and take over the government. This government is worse than a southern a small southern government in the 50s in terms of corruption, violence, street violence, robbing the treasury, taxing people to death without representation. It's not going to happen, but it should happen. I'll tell you what did happen. We heard about the young woman who was attacked by a homeless bum and released from uh, prison before he even went to prison by a wackadoodle judge who had been appointed by none other than Moonbeam Brown. The judge was one of the key writers of the uh, Sanctuary Cities Law. You didn't hear that in any of your, you didn't see that in any of the right. Well, what happened now is a nice man from France runs a truffle store in North Beach, San Francisco. 
and uh, he's in his store and a homeless bum. I don't call them homeless anymore. I told you that. I'm not referring to them as homeless. They're known as violent vagrants in most cases. And I will repeat again, there are some great people who wound up in the streets who are working two jobs. We're not talking about them. We are talking about the violent ones. And the article was, world-renowned San Francisco truffle shop owner attacked by homeless man saved by bat-wielding 13-year-old son. The video, you have to watch the video. I, I had a search for it from KPXI, KPIX5. It's not on the San Francisco website because they're covering up the violence of the homeless vagrant bums that are destroying the city. It's the most disgusting remnant of a newspaper that was once fabulous in this city. It's run by part of the problem of the city. The newspaper is owned by the very same individuals who are destroying the city. It's run by those who are destroying the city. So they swept this under the rug. you got to go to michaelsavage.com and look at this. Now watch what happens. Are you ready for what happened? Man from France and a 13-year-old son. They're running a truffle shop in beautiful North Beach, San Francisco. Well, I think what I ought to do here is play the uh, little background of it from CBS News right now in clip number one. Let's hear it. Surveillance video captures the moments before the attack. A man walks into XOX Truffles with a large bag. The owner says he was disruptive and tells him he has to leave. After a few words are exchanged, they walk out the door. The shop owner trips and falls. He jumped on me, got me on a headlock, and I was suffocating. One of the customers who was at the table said, oh, let him, let him stop the fight. And the guy said, oh, don't worry, I won't kill him. I just want him to pass out. Jean-Marc Gorse says he recognized the attacker because he had been sleeping on the sidewalk earlier in the day. As Jean-Marc was in a chokehold, struggling to breathe, he says only a few people stopped to watch, but nobody stepped in right Listen. away. And I was screaming for help, help you somebody, hear? help me, because he had me really good, you and hear? I could not move, and I thought I was going to pass out very fast, but my hero here helped me, and that was it. His hero oh. is his own 13-year-old son, mm -hmm. Sebastien, who made a quick decision to rescue his dad. The civilians who were sitting down, the customers who were telling me not to do anything, well, they were telling me to put down the bat and stuff. Are you listening? Telling you to put it down. You want to mm -hmm. It was weird feeling because you don't know whether to Listen act to on kid. your own instinct or to act on what uh, the population is saying. Well, I decided to kind of hold it up, and I was like trying to aim for his head or for his ribs and stuff. And when I think when he saw that I was getting ready to hit him. He kind of let go, and that was the point when it kind of stopped the fight. Sean Mark says he did not immediately call police because he has dealt with street people before, and there's mm. only so much police were able street to do. People. But this time, two hours later, he says the suspect came back and took a nap right on the sidewalk outside. Sean Mark called 911, and police arrested 51-year-old Paul Angelante. He's in jail on three felony charges, assault with a deadly weapon, false uh -huh. imprisonment, and felonious threats. He'll be released probably before the show is over by the very same judge who released the other violent vagrant who attacked the woman last week. Again, I have to tell you, San Francisco has become a very dangerous, we know it's dirty, but you don't know it's dangerous. It is a very dangerous city. It's only a matter of time until you get hit by one of these people. And I blame the people who are running the city. Don't point fingers at anyone else. But you listen to this story. Here's a guy, a very nice man, runs a nice store, truffle shop innocent man and this this bum comes in bothers people in the store he throws him out and the guy attacks him nobody got up to help him and he was screaming for his life his 13 year old son gets a baseball bat and everyone tells the son don't hit the bum do you understand what the stockholm syndrome is i live with these people the only people the ultra liberals hate in san francisco are conservatives and Donald Trump. They'd rather see a man strangled to death by a vagrant than do something that might be politically challenging to them. They have lots of hate in their heart, most of these, quote, peaceful liberals, but they reserve it only for patriots. I've lived here for so many years. I know how sick they really are. But this story has so many elements to it that it's worth talking about for a little bit. The boy gets the bat as his father's being choked to death by the bum. And the boy, 13 years old, he's no boy, he's a man, says, I didn't know what to do for a moment, whether to go with my own instincts, meaning save his father, 
or listen to the fools in the shop who said don't hit him with the bat, meaning the bum. Do you understand what the boy did? He went with his instincts. How many American children would be able to even think about saving a father in a situation like this? But that's not the issue. The issue is the out-of-control crime wave that we are living through in San Francisco. The streets are filled with feces, as we know. It's become an international disgrace. It is dirtier than Calcutta and more dangerous than most Mexican cities right now. You don't know this because the newspaper's part of the control factor, and they're not reporting all of the stories. But I think that the tide is turning. I can tell you that if CBS News covered it with such interest as they did, uh, and uh, the people saw what happened to that woman last week, I'm telling you the tide is turning. No one can take this uh, endlessly. We have a useless mayor, a stooge put in there by the same gang that has been robbing the city blind for years. We have stooges in the Board of Supervisors, none of whom, not one of them, is oriented towards saving the city. And so, again, I have no question for you. I'm just elucidating for you the beauty of this city that has been ruined by ultra-tolerance and ultra-liberalism. We'll talk about that at another time. I have other topics I do want to get to today. I guess many of you who are Jewish are going along for the big lie that Trump is anti-Semitic. Because he said, um, Jews who vote Democrat are disloyal. Well, of course, he was taken out of context by the left-wing Jewish groups who said, oh, that's a, that's a trope against Jews. That's an anti-Semitic trope. That's their latest word. Remember the word years ago was gravitas? They all used it, all the dummies. The latest uh, word that all the dummies use is trope. So they're claiming that claiming Jews are disloyal uh, for this reason are, uh, let us say, anti-Semite. He's an anti-Semite. That's not what he meant. He didn't say they're disloyal to America. They're disloyal to Israel. He's a thousand percent right. He's a thousand percent right. It's only the communists, socialists, and internationalists amongst the Jewish establishment, and I can name all of them, who are screaming that Trump is an anti-Semite for saying exactly what is true, which is that these Muslim congresswomen are clearly a danger to Jewish people in the entire world. Do you know that these two women, along with the horse face there, uh, what's her name? Occasional Cortex and the other one whose name I forget, who goes along for the pony ride. Do you know that these women, particularly the Muslim women, are the worst thing that ever happened to the Muslim movement in America? See, the Muslims were doing really well in this country. They were doing really well at pulling the wool over the eyes of the liberals. You know, the type to tell the son, don't hit the bum with the bat. They're the ones who say that Islam's like every other religion on earth. Most Muslims want peace. Islam has never caused harm in the world. Don't worry about it. They don't want Sharia law. They were getting away with that. Now, along comes these two very low IQ congresswomen, Talab and the other Omar, the, the ingrate from Somalia. And what are they doing? They're setting the Muslim movement back a hundred years in this country. You might say it's God's will. You might say something else. But if you care to say it or talk about these topics or any other that are troubling you today, what is your pebble in the shoe today? Whether it be the topics I have mentioned, the out-of-control crime wave in this city or any others, or the issue of Donald Trump and Israel, or Mr. Z of China, uh, who is saying that... Uh, he is winning the war against Donald Trump. The phone number here is 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. If none of these topics interest you and you are not interested in my views and how I'm presenting it, then you, my friend, are not a candidate for an IQ test. Back in a minute. Savage. Okay, let's talk reality here. When you hear the word prepper, what do you think comes to mind? Well, it probably isn't good. Because Hollywood's phony elite decided that they were a bunch of paranoid freaks wearing tinfoil hats waiting for the earth to end. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's nothing crazy about being prepared, is there? You know, what's the last time an earthquake gave warning or a tornado uh, sent a, uh, an email in advance or a power outage made an appointment with you? Did you ever notice what happens when the weatherman reports a hurricane approaching? What do they do? People board up their homes and empty the shelves at the local grocery store. What exactly are these lunatics doing? Uh, they're prepping. 
Thankfully, preparedness has evolved, and leading the way are the great people at My Patriot Supply. From emergency food storage to water filtration to survival essentials, this great company, My Patriot Supply, stocks the items needed to survive a disaster so you can be ahead of the mob and have peace of mind. What's wrong with that? We've all been caught off guard by life's unforeseen challenges. Please don't let that happen to you. Go online to MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Please do this for the sake of yourself and your family. Be prepared. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Omar is a disaster for Jewish people. I can't imagine if she has any Jewish people in her district that they could possibly vote for. But what Omar has said, what Tlaib has said, and then yesterday I noticed for the first time, Tlaib with the tears. Yeah. All of a sudden, she starts with tears. Tears. And I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second because I've seen her in a very vicious mood at campaign rallies, my campaign rallies, before she was a congresswoman. Yeah, it's called Tears of the Nile, better known as, uh, I would say, crocodile tears, but I don't know whether they're alligators or crocodiles in the Nile. But they're Tears of the Nile, as far as I'm concerned. And they've set the Muslim uh, um, juggernaut back 50 years in this country. They're doing very well till they came along. They don't know how to shut their mouths. They're so stupid. Their IQs are so low that they just say exactly what all of them say behind closed doors in the Muslim Brotherhood. Instead of even couching it and making believe that they're not like, they're showing who they are. How could a Jew vote for a Democrat again? It's the party of hate. Now, because most Jews in America do not support Israel. The liberal Jews don't support Israel, by the way. I don't think you know that. Uh, Most liberal Jews are suicidal. They come with an extermination key in their hand. They don't care if they live or die, most of them. And so they vote for people who would kill them to show how nice they are, how good they are, how tolerant they are. It's called a number of things, but it's not called survival skills. I'll never forget the head of the Jewish Defense League. I met him once. Was it Mayor Kahan? I don't know who said it to me. No, it wasn't him. It was another one, a very big, burly guy who, by the way, died in a jail in New York. Oh, yeah. Irv Rubin, a bear of a man. You may have seen him on TV many years ago. He got into a fight with Nazis on television. He went right at the whole crowd of them and started to beat them up on the stage, and they ran away. He was a big guy. Irv, an old, a real warrior type. Irv did something and wound up in federal uh, lockup in New York. He, was, he threw himself out of a window, right? Sure. Sure, he threw himself out of a window, right? Like Epstein threw himself on, 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 on uh, whatever he put around his neck. Yeah, right. So, you know, someone just called and said, Michael, why is it that the average Muslims, the average Muslim in America is peace-loving and wants the same thing everyone else does, why don't they stand up to these fanatics? And the answer is quite simple. Did the Italians stand up to the mafia in New York in the beginning, in the early days? They would have been, they would have been killed. Did the Jews in New York, when the Jewish gangsters arose like Maya Lansky and uh, the others, did any of them say anything about the Jewish gangsters? They were terrified. They wouldn't say anything. It's the same thing. The only people they attack in this country are the weak, soft, white male, heterosexual Christian. That's the only target these people will attack. White people, mainly males, mainly Christians, mainly heterosexual. That's the real basic truth of this matter. And I, I try to speak the basic truth. The plain truth is what it comes down to. On whether, whatever the subject is, and it's, if you want to bounce your ideas off me and say I disagree with you or you want to agree with me, again, I invite your calls I should say I solicit your calls at 855-400-SAVAGE because I love the callers and I love talk radio because it's the most immediate it's the most immediate form of democracy in the world right now. You can't do it with a newspaper. You can't do it with a television show. There's only one immediate democracy, only one immediate democratic institution, and that's talk radio. Do you realize that? That we are still the most immediate outlet for democracy in this nation I got lots of callers calling about San Francisco's crime wave, Trump and his trade war against China. People were calling with um, vagrant 
violent stories from their cities about cars being broken into, being attacked by bums around the country. If you care to join the conversation and try to tilt the needle towards law and order, 855-400-SAVAGE. You know, your candidate might be better on, I don't know, health care than Joe is. But you've got to look at who's going to win this election. And maybe you have to swallow a little bit and say, okay, I personally like so-and-so better. But your bottom line has to be that we have to be Trump. Yes, I know that not all of you are... That's Jill Biden saying, not so fast on my husband, Joe, that there may be other candidates you like better. Uh, uh, what is that about? Couldn't be the Ukraine scandal? No. Couldn't be the China scandal? No. Couldn't be the son's business dealings with Ukraine and China? No. She's smarter than he is. She wants him to stay out of it because it's going to come up very soon when Trump's people finally get their act together and they see that Biden is the lead candidate. You're going to hear not about Russia collusion with him, meaning Trump. You're going to hear about the real collusion between Ukraine and China and uh, the Biden family. That's all. Next case. Move on here. Tom in San Fran Dingo. Welcome to the Savage Nation, Tom. What's on your mind? Michael, Saturday night, me and my wife went into San Francisco to celebrate our anniversary. Right. First thing we get into the city, we park by the church there in North Beach. There's a guy outside playing with himself. All right, we're going to church. We get we go to North Beach. Wait, wait, hold on. Which church? Peter and Paul, where where Marilyn Monroe was married to uh, the ball player, or the other church? Yeah, Peter and Paul. My, me, me and my wife. Beautiful wedding cake church. It's so beautiful, and amongst other things, that's where Marilyn Monroe married Joe DiMaggio for the average listener. Beautiful church. Anyway, the guy sitting on the steps doing his thing. All right, what, what are you going to? Well, do? it's a sanctuary city, and. As you well know, churches were sanctuaries in history, according to liberals. So if a man wants to uh, uh, do that thing on a church step, isn't that a, a sign of liberation and freedom? San Francisco's become a dump. We get to North Beach Restaurant, there's a homeless guy out front. Wouldn't let us in the restaurant unless we paid him. I said, forget this, I almost get in a fight with him. We go to another restaurant, I get out to my car, and they smash, uh, my window was smashed. I, go to Where, I can't believe this. You parked by the church and that happened? Oh, it, it's a dump, Mike. I'm not going. I to- had my window broken in four weeks ago in, up in the 23rd in Geary. I went to a Chinese restaurant I've been going to for 20 years. Uh, apparently, a gang comes by, one on a bicycle, the other's in a car. Uh, they looked at some stuff left in the back. They smashed the window into my car and took everything out of the car. It's a misdemeanor, Mike. We called the cops. The cops said they, they're not even going to come. We have to do a report and the lady at the window said that there was over 200 smashes that night and uh they'll still do a report that was the best they can do there were thirty thousand smash and grabs in san francisco reported last year Thirty thousand as a crime wave but tom my point is now that it's going from breaking and entering cars to attacking people the violence amongst the vagrants is the issue today they're Tom. violent, Mike. They're violent. They're, 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 they, they, they feel like they, uh, they're entitled, and they, they want what you have. And they own the streets because of the uh, mayor, the board of supervisors, the judges, all the way up the chain. The people are basically prisoners in their own city. Where did you wind up eating, Tom? At the, uh, the old field of the Italia. Which one? Oh, the... Uh, it, it used to be Fior Italia. I, I don't remember the name. We walked. Oh, so you went all the way down the Fisherman's Wharf? No, no, no. It's it's on the corner across from the uh, the pizza place, Tony's Pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice place. Good people. Yeah, it's nice. The food was good, but like I said, it, it just it was. The well, my friend owns Pinocchio. I had one of the best dishes of my life there. Frankly, on a Friday night, uh, Giovanni owns Pinocchio, and I recommend people go there. Or, or Aliotto's down on the wharf is a safe, great place. Once you get in the restaurant, that is, because no one's going to mess with these people. But the food is old school, great food. Both places, Tom. I'm sorry that you see what's going on. Masturbating on the church steps? Disgusting, Mike. I'm, I'm an Italian. I've lived out here 30 years, and it's gone from a, a fun. Yeah. Tom, sorry to hear it, but I'm glad you have the guts to do something about it, like calling this show. Palo Alto, David, line four. You're up on the Savage Nation. What's on your mind, my friend? Uh, Dr. Savage. Um 
I just wanted to give you a compliment because I've been listening for years, and I really appreciate uh, all your your viewpoint. And I wanted to call you the Socrates of today because uh, well, that's very nice. Unfortunately, I'm not looking forward to his end. Well, I know, but uh, I guess it's a compliment because uh, he was a threat to many people who didn't want uh, to train young people to think for themselves. You are a thousand percent right. Look, David, what nation do you hail from originally? Mexico. So you grew up reading the classics, though, if you know who Socrates was. Well, I majored in philosophy in college. Philosophy, it's a dying art, isn't it? There is no philosophy left in the world. People are are ashamed to even philosophize. They think it's a... Do you know that they think philosophy is a threat to the, the, the social order itself? Well, I mainly enjoy the benefits of uh, learning logic, logical thinking. So I studied logic and scientific method, and I studied it in, in algebraic symbol, symbolism. So I did, I did logic in mathematics, by the way, in, interestingly, because if you break arguments down mathematically, you can come to a closer reality than you can just with words. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. David, I'm sending you a copy of my book. I have nothing else I can offer you other than my insights in a savage life. I thank you very much for calling. Very sweet. Very nice of you. Somebody understands. Somebody up there likes me. Houston, Texas. Kevin, line five. What's on your mind today? Well, I was listening to what you were saying, Michael, and uh, about our two congresswomen. Muslims. Yeah. Who, who, the Muslims? <laughs> they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're here causing problems. But do you actually think that the Muslim Brotherhood wants them to be so prominently uh, antagonistic? I don't think so. I think that they're just low IQ, drunk on their little power trip, and they can't shut their mouths. Well, that may be- be- because usually when, organiza- when, when religions want to take over a country or organizations are trying to take over a district, they don't do it nakedly. They do it in a subtle manner. These women have no subtlety because they have no intelligence. There's a very low IQ that is a common uniter between Omar and Tilab. They're not smart women. If they were smarter, they would do it in a more elegant manner. They would be more along the lines of uh, a propagandist like Tokyo Rose in World War II. They would do it with a little uh, sweetness, not with vinegar. These people are just, they spit like spit vipers on everybody whenever they talk. They hate Jews. They hate America. They hate Trump. They hate whites. They hate white males. They hate the church. Anything ever come out of their mouth that's anything but hate? Not that I've heard, but, you know. Oh, well, well that could be a crime unto itself, not my saying that. But I, uh, I have a job to do here. My job is to call it like it is, and I thank you for uh, chiming in. That opens up one line at 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-407-282. I have other topics, and I want to get to the one I was talking about. Is, is China Z winning against Trump? That was one article. But, you know, yesterday we talked about the high suicide numbers amongst cops, especially the NYPD. And we touched on this very sensitive topic. And I think it's very important that we revisit it because there's an epidemic now of suicides amongst police officers, especially in New York City. I tied it to the loss of respect as a result of the communist who runs the city the cop-hating communist who runs the city, and, of course, the over-prescription of uh, antidepressants, which are not limited, by the way, to police departments, but they're not immune to the over-prescription of antidepressants. We had a a column yesterday. I pray to God it hasn't been removed yet from my website. It could have been because I push everybody to change it. There's a chart of the use of antidepressants around the world. It's gone already. Okay. Now, great. Okay. But anyway, it showed that America is the number one nation in the world in the use of antidepressant drugs. The nation with the lowest use per thousand people is Korea. And I will tell you, I know many of you are, anti- are antidepressants and you, be, you, you do very well on them. It doesn't hurt you. It helps you. helps you get through some of your downers. I get it. However, there are people who are very vulnerable to uh, the uh, SSRIs. And they are committing heroic suicides, and they're committing heroic murders. And that's because once the serotonin goes from their body completely, when it goes down to near zero, they go into a suicidal or homicidal rage. And so if you're a normally depressive personality and you don't take medication, 
you might go down, but you don't hit bottom. With these drugs, which keeps you up artificially, you hit bottom and then go into the sub-basement, at which point the trouble begins. I didn't say all, but I said many. It's the same with marijuana. I did an entire show with a leading expert on the violence and suicide associated with the use of marijuana. And there's a story that came out yesterday that, sh you know, I, I read it all. I ha it's like I'm a, what do you call it when you look at bad things all the time, you know, and it gets to you after a while, or then you get immune to it, you can't, it doesn't affect you personally. I'm these, largely, I'm not desensitized. I'm very emotional to a lot of the stories, but by and large, I can deal with this. I saw a story yesterday that hit me in the guts. You see, there was an older woman in Florida who had a washing machine delivered by someone from a major chain like Best Buy, and I'm not blaming them. Best Buy outsources the delivery to some company. Two guys go into her apartment to deliver a dishwasher or refrigerator. One of the men goes out for a cigarette break. He hears screams, and he comes back in. The other delivery man had bludgeoned an 80-year-old woman to death and then set her on fire with acetone and then ran out of the apartment. I said, "How? what world am I living in? It turns out that the guy who did this to this old woman was on cocaine and marijuana. I have told you over and over and over and over again, marijuana incites violence in many susceptible people. Ask an ER doctor. It promotes suicide in many susceptible teenagers. Ask someone who runs a suicide prevention center if I'm making this up. I don't care whether you smoke dope. I don't care what drug you use. It's not my business. But I will tell you, society cares because we have to pick up the pieces and deliver the body bags. Back in a minute. Savage. And here we are cruising into the last minutes of this first hour. Now, many of you, unfortunately, do not get the show in the second hour. And I'll tell you, uh, you may in the near future. It's up to the local program director to do what he wishes or she wishes. When I first came back in January, I thought I was only going to be doing a one-hour show. I had asked for a one-hour show. And many stations took the one-hour show. However, uh, I will tell you with a great deal of happiness that not only have I moved to a two-hour show because I want to and because I enjoy it, but I intend to be doing this for many, many years to come. I have the energy of men half my age. Many of the men who are working against me around the clock uh, will probably, let's put it to you this way, it's up to God, not up to me. Uh, by what I know, those who run me down the most, both directly and indirectly, who have tried to push me off the radio, Let's put it to you this way. Let's see who laughs last, because ultimately it's up to God, not up to me. And I leave it all up to God. And I know this. I don't take any medications. I've had no surgeries. I'm not on oxygen during the show. Uh, I'm not on steroids to make you think that I'm healthy when I'm not. There may be some in the business who are. I don't know. I have no idea what other people are doing. I do know this. God has put me here for a reason. And the main reason is what I'm doing right now. Uh, my family comes first, but my business, which is this, the business of truth-telling, is extremely important and it's central to my life. And without it, I would cease to exist in many ways. Who was the great mathematician who said, I think, therefore I am? I changed it years ago to I speak, therefore I am. And I'm proud to tell you and happy to inform you, frankly, that there's another hour coming up on this local station and or on a stream. This is the number one and number two streaming radio show in the country. It's heard around the world. And even if you're listening to it on the stream and you care to comment on any of the topics we're talking about, the same phone number applies. It's a toll-free number, 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. When I come back, is China Z winning against Trump? Was Jeffrey Epstein murdered? Is the crime wave going to be curtailed in San Francisco? What's causing the cops' suicides? Back in a minute. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 
Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. The civilians who were sitting down, the customers who were telling me not to do anything, they were telling me to put down the bat and stuff. Telling you to put it down. You want to put it down? It was weird feeling because you don't know whether to act on your own instinct or to act on what uh, the population is saying. I decided to kind of hold it up and I was like trying to aim for his head or for his ribs and stuff and when I think when he saw that I was getting ready to hit him he kind of let go and that was the point when it kind of stopped the fight. Wonderful cities, the city of brotherly hate. Such tolerance here in this city. It's just remarkable. They hate, well, they hate nothing, really. They accept everything. Bums pulling their pants down and crapping in front of churches. Bums masturbating on church steps in front of children. Bums throwing hypodermic needles in children's playgrounds. It's all a mark of tolerance. The only thing that the good liberals of San Francisco hate are Republicans or those who voted for Trump. And they're not one and the same. Other than that, everything is fine. You could be a gangbanger from Mexico dealing in drugs. They'll turn the other way. They'll look the other way. That's part of the culture. It's a lifestyle choice. Whatever you choose to do, just come to the wonderful city of brotherly hate, San Francisco. And I played you sound of a young man, 13 years old, who's truly a man, whose father was being strangled to death by a vagrant bum outside his own store in North Beach. And nobody in the store would get up and do anything. In fact, when the young man picked up a bat from the back of the store and approached the bum to save his father's life, they were telling him put the bat down because they didn't really want any violence against the poor, innocent uh, bum. They'd rather see the store owners strangled to death because then they could have gone on and eaten them their truffles. You understand that? And they would have felt, well, that they did the right thing. There was another bum allowed to go out and masturbate or defecate in the streets, and they would have felt really good about that. The city is out of control. There's not only a dirt wave, but a crime wave. We need a federal strike force to come into the city and take over the government. Will Trump do it? Never. Will Gavin Newsom do something about it? You know, I will tell you right now, Gavin Newsom wants to be president. Gavin Newsom has been cultivated to be president for a long time. This issue of violence and filth in the city is the seminal issue facing Gavin Newsom. It's a one-party state. There's no newspapers to oppose him. But the people themselves have had enough of lawlessness. And if Gavin wants to run for a higher office, I would suggest that he step in immediately and show that he can roll up his sleeves and save this city, which I know he loves. How's that one? I know he loves the city. He's from the city. We all want to save the city. Well, I don't have the power to save it. He actually has the power to save it. Never forget that it was Governor Edmund G. Pat Brown who released the mentally ill. Well, he wrote the legislation or drove the legislation, which said that they must release the mentally ill out of the state hospitals. Then Reagan came into power and he had to enact the law that was passed by Brown. The rest is history. The streets are an open market of mental illness, and we need to reopen the mental hospitals and we need to repopulate the mental hospitals against the will of the violent crazies who've taken over the state. Or on the other hand, you could just uh, put locks around the doors of City Hall, and you'll get most of the crazies right then and there, and don't let them out. Just leave the supervisors in there with the mayor and all the people around them who are making money uh, like uh, hand over fist, and just lock the doors and don't let them out. Then you don't need to reopen the mental hospitals. You have one right there. Just send food in three times a day. It's not a joke anymore. It has to stop. And I want to confront another topic. The governor passed a bill, which he's boasting about, with new rules of engagement for police, which are going to get cops killed and people killed in the state. If you are a law enforcement officer in the state of California and you have heard about the new rules of engagement that were just lauded by Governor Newsom, would you care to comment on them? on this forum of democracy, the Savage Nation? How is that going to affect you when you come, come upon a scene of violence? You have to second-guess yourself, don't you? 
So if you would come upon the store owner who was being strangled to death by strangled to death by a violent bum outside his store with no one helping him, and you approached uh, that situation, tell me what you could have done before Jerry Brown's, uh, uh, excuse me, before Governor Newsom's new rules of engagement and what you can do now. I'd like to know. That's what I'd like to know. Nevada, Jason, line five, what's your topic? Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, I was in San Jose back when I lived there five years ago talking to a friend that I ran into on the street, and I saw this guy between a bus stop and a garbage can kind of crouched. It looked suspicious to me. So I'm talking to my buddy. Sure enough, as we're starting to walk by, the guy reaches to sock me in, in my groin area. Well, I blocked, and I beat the guy up. Well, my buddy, the big liberal guy, made me into the bad guy. Yeah, and you're lucky that you didn't go to jail for defending yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, my training kicked in real quick. <laughs> but, you yeah. say you're, what do you mean I you're just, training? Are, are, you trained in are you trained in fighting? I and had a beer. No, I'm saying, but you're trained in what, fighting? Yeah, I took Krav Maga for about a year and a half. Did you take, did you take Bum Maga? Does anyone teach Bum Maga? Krav Maga. No, I know, but you want to teach a new subject called Bum Maga. Yeah. Well, what was the what was the bum doing under the garbage cans? Oh, um, he was like kind of a young guy that just thought it'd be funny to punch people in the nuts, you know? Oh, oh, you mean he was lurching at them from the garbage cans? Yeah, he was in between a garbage. Well, can. you are very intolerant when you think about it. I mean, it's it's a cultural phenomenon to permit vagrants who are violent to punch you in the in the testicles. That would be something that you should permit if you were truly a tolerant individual, but apparently you're not one of the trained men of America who would let him punch you in the testicles. No, I'm pretty intolerant when it comes to that. You know, you really are. You really want to go to anger management because, uh, you know, what would it matter if he had punched you in the testicles and had a little laugh? I mean, the guy has nothing to live for. And just think of the fun he would have had punching you in your groin. It would have given him relief for the day, like a medication. And so you have to learn to flow with the way the things are. But thank God that there's a few men left like you because this is going to come to a head. I will tell you what's coming in this country. When there's no law and order and the politicians are all corrupted and they're all on the take and the judges are totally worthless, I'll tell you what happens. It's called vigilantism. And let me tell you something. While I am not calling for it, I'll give you a little pocket history of vigilantism because the vigilante movement in this country began right in San Francisco in North Beach before the Civil War. I don't know if you know that. I can show you the exact streets where the first vigilantes were known to have congregated to protect their city from what was going on uh, in that rough-and-tumble era, uh, I believe in the 1850s. Right here in San Francisco, the people had to defend themselves because the society could not do it. And that is what's going to happen. I have told you before I'm an anti-gun collector. And one of the small weapons I have is a small gun from the 1870s, a very tiny gun from England. It's called a bicycle gun. It's a single-shot flintlock, and this gun was designed for those who rode bicycles through the city of London who were being accosted at that time by bad people who would pull them off the bike, beat them, and rob them. So if you think this is something new, you are mistaken. And at that time, of course, the people took the law into their own hands. They had to in order to survive. Now, I'm not recommending it. It would be illegal for you to do so, but I'm telling society at large what is coming. More and more people will, will take the law into their own hands when the government refuses to do so. It's that simple. The phone number here is 855-407-282. Marin County, Judy, thank you for calling. You're the only woman listening to the show today. Thank God you got on the air. Oh, I did. And I got on the air a week and a half ago with my little... Well, I, look, of the millions of people who listen, you're the one woman who does, and thank God you call repeatedly. What's on your mind? I'm, I'm waiting for my email so I can send you pictures of, of little Ricky and the Michael Savage Live. Oh, I remember you. You worked yes. for Bill Graham as a hippie, right? Yeah, well... You, I, you were the business agent for the, uh, for the uh, Bill Graham uh, music music movement yeah i had all right 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 and you and you went to my vet right you took your dog to my vet yeah he goes there for his whole 13 years are you talking about dr eva um at like at that veterinary clinic okay terrific so what's on your mind today judy 
Okay. Well, this this new law that passed January July first by that Gavin Newsom Gavin Newsom, where you have to have a background check to buy ammo. And when I bought my gun, when Obama got elected, you know, I practiced and I'm trying to practice. I bought up ammo before July 1st, and I thought, well, there should be no problem. My driver's license is correct. All right, so what's the bottom line? What happened? Well, and give I, me the sh- I can't even buy ammo now. Who knows how many months it's going to take for me to be what, able- what do you mean? What do you have to do to buy ammunition in the state? I don't even know. What is it? What's the new law? Well, for some reason, it didn't show up correctly on the computer, so I've had this. What do you mean? When you sign up to buy ammo, you have to fill out a form? You, they, they look you up on the computer, and if something doesn't show up, you can't yeah. buy it. This has to be challenged by the NRA. I'm sorry. This is a violation of the Second Amendment rights. It applies to the ammunition and the gun, not just to the gun. This is just an example of what it's an example of what the communists will do to disarm this nation, Judy. They can go to hell. They're going to face a lawsuit and they're going to lose. And I thank you for calling. Buy all the ammunition you want. It's your right as an American to do so. Again, the phone number here is 855-407-282. There's lots of callers on lots of topics. The main one coming up is China Z winning against Trump. I'll be right back. Savage. All right, so a big issue for all of us is the China trade issue. Uh, people are suffering in the Midwest, meaning farmers are suffering because of the tariffs that are imposed on them, and they impose tariffs on us. It's a trade war that goes back and forth. And we don't know who's really winning right now. Trump says he's beating China, and somebody had to do it, and he's the chosen one. We heard that one. Okay, we'll talk about that. But I want you to listen to clip number six and tell me what you think of this statement by Donald Trump. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning because we're the piggy bank. We're the one that all these countries, including the European Union, wants to rob and takes advantage of. European (laughs) Union... $200 $200 billion. China, more than $500 billion. Sorry. I was put here by people to do a great job. And that's what I'm doing. And nobody's done a job like I've done. Well, you can say that again. Nobody's done a job like you've done. But the question is, is the average person benefiting? By and large, yes. Unemployment is at its lowest point. The economy is booming. Everyone seems to be doing well. I'm very worried about the uh, the budget deficit, but no one else seems to... Uh, be concerned about that. We're not at war with anyone, which is a good thing. He has not really sent many new troops to foreign wars, despite the uh, desire to do so by the hawks around him. And so you have to say that things are pretty good right now, and liberals even have to admit it. Uh, Many of them own cars, boats, houses, and they ought to rename their boats the uh, Trump Maru. Whatever the boat's name may be, it could be the Dream Sailor, or the CBD sailor, all those people in the marijuana business who are buying new yachts in California, they really ought to name their boats uh, the Trump Maru. That would really work quite well. But now we're going to play another one. He says he's winning on trade. And then in clip seven, he continues with that line of reasoning. In number seven, let's hear that one. Would China rather wait for a little more than a year and try and get sleepy Joe Biden to negotiate with instead of President Trump? Maybe. But I don't think so. You know why? They're losing too many jobs too fast. They had the worst year in 27 years, but I think it was actually 52 or 54 years. It's the worst year they've had in a half a century. And that's because of me. And I'm not proud of that. But you know what? They want to negotiate. And Sleepy Joe doesn't have a clue. Sleepy Joe said, oh, China's wonderful. Well, China is wonderful for China. But I'm wonderful for the USA. And, of course, Sleepy Joe's son does big business with China banks, and that's another issue. I don't know why Trump doesn't mention it. Uh, We'll have to figure that one out. Uh, At the bottom of the hour, I have a remarkable guest named David Von Driel, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, D-R-E-H-L-E. He's a brilliant writer. He wrote a column in the Washington Post that caught my eye, Z's choice, destroy Trump or save him and weaken America. I thought it was brilliant writing. He is obviously a liberal in his writing, but so what? He's a a brilliant man, and his position is worth analyzing. I don't believe he's 100% right, but we're going to talk about that because he says the following. Like Mel Brooks as the king of France, it's good to be Xi Jinping, or so you might think. 
The man is the undisputed ruler of the world's most populous nation, the autocrat at the top of a one-party state that controls the second largest economy in the world. His nation's principal rival for global influence appears to have given up on statecraft in favor of government by temper tantrum. But life's getting tougher for the chairman, or so it seems from here. Xi has set for China the goal of becoming the most powerful nation on earth. But that entails learning to employ tools of power that aren't yet on his belt. I'm talking about soft power, the use of international organizations, moral suasion, foreign aid, trade, compromise, alliances, and salesmanship to achieve a nation's aims. Brutally adept with hard power, from tanks and machine guns to concentration camps and starvation, the Chinese Communist Party has little experience with soft power. Xi is getting a crash course with one test after another. Now, he goes on in his article, Mr. Von Driel, and we're going to speak with him shortly after the break, where he says that Xi has a choice now, which is destroy Trump or save him and weaken America by getting him reelected. It's a fascinating uh, article. I suggest you read it from the Washington Post. It's on michaelsavage.com. And wait until you hear from the visitor what he has to say in his own words. I'm just reading from his article. However, I will give you a preview of uh, people who don't agree with him, which is that uh, dictators may look powerful, my friend Thomas Lifson says, until they're not. And he says China has a history of CCP uh, being the most corrupt in the, in the history of the nation. He said the CCP, the Communist Party, is now thoroughly corrupt and the powerful have enriched themselves and shipped their money to Hong Kong and North America, along with kids who hope to get green cards. It may not be that clear cut. You know, there are some brilliant writers out there, and I I found an article last night that I linked to, which was Z's Choice, Destroy Trump or Save Him in Weekend America, written by a gentleman named David Mondrilli, and I hope I'm pronouncing the gentleman's name correctly. And I, I want to speak with him about this because I'm not so sure that I understand completely why he thinks Z has all the power. Mr. Vondrilli, thank you so much for being with us today on the Savage Nation. I loved your article. Tell me exactly what you think is happening. Thank you very much for having me on, Dr. Savage, and for reading. Uh, I appreciate it. The, basically, the the way the situation looks to me is that uh, she uh, in China has uh, has uh, of course a tighter control on his uh, position, his uh, populace than uh, President Trump has over the American people. The Chinese people are accustomed to being uh, abused and mistreated by their government, and uh, they don't have elections. And so uh, if she was to decide to uh, take a uh, two- or three-year hit to his economy uh, mm. in order to, uh, to uh, hamper the, the world economy and send the United States into a recession. Uh, I think he has the power to do that. And um, my question is, uh, will he decide uh, to use it? So well, your position, I love your title, Destroy Trump or Save Him and Weaken America, meaning look like he's yielding to him on trade and let Trump get bolstered by then get reelected, but in essence, in the long range, still defeat him. Isn't that what you're suggesting? Basically, I, I, uh, I don't want to get into a long uh, debate about uh, whether President Trump is good domestically. Uh, you know, obviously there are strong opinions on both sides. <laughs> yeah, right. That's uh, not the point of our discussion. We're not going to go there. Exactly. We could go on all day about that. But uh, internationally, I think President uh, Trump is not strengthening America's position in the world. Uh, and that Trumpism is not strengthening the West and the Western alliance. And those are exactly the goals that she uh, is, uh, has in mind long term for China to become the most powerful country in the world and take the United States place uh, in that way. So it's, it's purely in that uh, global uh, geopolitical sense that I'm, I'm using that kind of language. All right. So in your article, you write, 
Z, and is his name Z or Z? I don't speak Mandarin, so... Okay, I'm going to call him Z, because it's... Uh, okay. Z has the power to make a few token concessions, you're right, that would allow Trump to claim victory in the trade war. Markets would give a hearty cheer. Trump would crown himself the China Slayer. But Z might gain four more years of severe disruption in the West. In other words, Trump would win, but by getting reelected, you're saying... It would result in more disruption. What of, of civil discord? Civil disruption. Discord, but uh, the um, the President Trump has been very clear of his views of uh, regarding uh, the U.S. and its alliances in in uh, Western Europe and elsewhere around the world. He's skeptical that those are good for us. And I don't think he buys into the, uh, you know, the basic uh, uh, Harry Truman foreign policy view of America's role in the world uh, that has, you know, been uh, dominant in, in American leadership from 1945 to 2017 when he was inaugurated. Um, and there's no reason, I think, in his second term to think that he's going to be any more supportive of, uh, of that structure than he has been uh, for the past two and a half years. I think that's what he really believes. You write this. Whatever one thinks of Trump's trade war goals, his tactics appear to have left him at Z's mercy. The Chinese people, 6% of whom spend less than $10 a day, are far more accustomed to economic pain than Trump's Americans, and they have no meaningful right to vote. So Z you write, can probably afford to absorb the economic pain necessary to push the trade war past Election Day. This would greatly increase the chance of a recession in 2020 and damage the American president's chance of reelection. What do you think Z might do? Do you think he's going to fight with Trump or yield to him and let him get reelected? Because in the long run, you feel it'll be a weaker America if he is reelected. Isn't that what you're arguing? Uh, I, I, it is. And I think... Uh I think that, and, and look, I'm not a China expert. Uh, let me put that out there first. I know what I read, and I try to read uh, widely because it is such an important force in the 21st century. Uh, the issue of saving face and of showing strength, uh, 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 the strength of the Chinese Communist Party is huge, uh, as I understand it. And that would suggest that he's uh, not going to, to, uh, enter into a, a significant trade deal. He certainly doesn't look like he's entering into one. They're not even talking to us. Um, so, uh, is that is that true that Z will not answer Trump's calls now? Is that what I read in your article? It's not in my article, but I've read that same thing. Uh, the, the, oh, so the happy days of Mar-a-Lago <laughs> dining is over are over. The happy days of a buffet are over. Right, and uh, it's not clear that they're going to restart. And I know that uh, members of the the American trade negotiating team uh, have uh, been saying in in, uh, off-the-record meetings that... uh, that they don't see a, a China trade deal before the election. Um, so I understand what you're writing, and uh, I, I, the reason I what I call the hard power approach. And, right. Uh, and uh, wait, wait, wait. You mean Z would take the hard power approach, which would mean what? He cracked down on. On, on Hong Kong with military, for example? No, that he'll take the, uh, the hard line in the negotiation with Trump, that he will not, uh, uh. there won't be a deal. Uh, and, he, you know, he doesn't have to have an explanation for why he doesn't have a deal. He doesn't have to explain anything to anybody. Yeah, that's the, uh. that's the uh, short term, <laughs> at least, of being a despotic uh, dictator. We're speaking with a brilliant analyst David Von Drehle, and the article is Z's choice, destroy Trump or save him and weaken America. I saw it in the Washington Post. I have a friend who is a China expert, and I want to read you a paragraph, if I might. Uh, he speaks Chinese. He's done business in China. He's a Ph.D. from Harvard. He's really a smart guy, and he said the following. He said, he correctly diag- meaning you, you correctly diagnose how Z is up against the wall with Hong Kong and his domestic faction of ultra-rich people who would be harmed by a crackdown. 
and maybe even oust Xi, although he does not recognize this possibility, which is naive, he thinks, because dictators may look powerful until they aren't, he writes. Right. And then he says, China has a history of CCP inside coups ousting dictators. Then he claims, meaning you, Xi has the leverage, has all the leverage. And my friend writes, I don't think he understands China that well because the CCP is now thoroughly corrupt and the powerful have enriched themselves and shipped their money to Hong Kong, North America, and Australia, along with kids who hope to get green cards. Right. I'm not quite sure what he means. Is he suggesting that Z is not as all-powerful as we may think? Uh, no, I, he, he, he's suggesting, and, and it's, a, it's a, an excellent counter case to the one I've made, and uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, bringing it, it forward, that if that that the uh, mafiosi, if you will, who uh, control the Chinese economy, are not going to take any pain, but let's and would rather uh, and will force uh, Z to the to the negotiating table. We got to remember, though, what pain means in China. Uh, they they go from uh, eight or ten percent annual growth to four or five percent annual growth. Uh, that's what we call pain in China. Pain in the United States will be going from 2% growth to, to recession. Mm. And, uh, I would argue that that's a different uh, variety of pain. Mm. Mm. So you're saying, even, you're saying even if Xi loses the, the, the war with, with Trump, they're still going to grow at a phenomenal rate. Whereas if we, if we lose, we're going to go into a recession. I believe. Wow. Well, I, I got to recommend your article. I mean, people hear so many negative things about the Washington Post from fools in the conservative media because they don't actually read the articles. They just smear everybody that they think they should disagree with. I, on the other hand, try to read the articles, and I think yours is brilliant. I've read some of your other articles as well, and I recommend people look into uh, this, this gentleman's writings. You may learn something that you didn't know before. You may agree or disagree with him, but from my perspective... The discussion is everything, meaning analysis is based upon a true understanding and literacy. It's not based upon just throwing hate at somebody. And I wish that there were more writers like you who I may disagree with in part. I may not disagree with you. But again, the articles are great. David Von Drele, D-R-E-L-E, Z's Choice, Destroy Trump or Save Him and Weaken America. What about Hong Kong? Before we go, what do you think Z might do there? Is he going to bring down the hard power? Boy, I hope not, uh, because the consequences of that could be, if you, you war game that out, they could be really terrible. And, and the consequence, well, it would be terrible for Hong Kong, which is no small thing. I think it would be bad for Shanghai. Uh, but the, the longer-term worry that I have is that uh, you know the United States is pledged to the defense of Taiwan? We still have not mm -hmm. changed that view. Mm -hmm. China is committed to bring Taiwan into uh, back into China. They call it, don't they call it a renegade province? They do. They do. They they do not concede that it's a separate country and. Uh, and their strategy for doing that, they're taking a long term, and their strategy for doing it is that they will, you know, get richer, they'll get more like Taiwan, and the day will come when Taiwan will say, you know, it wouldn't be so bad to be uh, mm. with China. And they'll, and, and they'll point to Hong Kong. They'll say, look at Hong Kong. Everybody's happy there. Everybody's, uh, you know, it's free trading. It's mostly mm -hmm. capitalist. It's, uh, it's big and modern. You don't need to worry about China because mm. it's looking. Hong Kong. Well, if he crushes Hong Kong right now, uh, then that argument's gone, and are we then on a path to war with China over Taiwan? It's a very frightening thing. It's interesting you mentioned the Taiwan issue downstream. You know, when I began in radio 25 years ago, I actually had Nancy Pelosi on this show, who still is, I believe, a strong supporter of Taiwan. Am I correct in that? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, so wouldn't it be wouldn't it be ironic if Nancy Pelosi had to join Donald Trump in her objections to any machinations against against uh, um, Taiwan? I think that day could come because politics does make strange bedfellows. <laughs> Indeed, again, fascinating. Love your articles. I recommend them very highly to all the listeners. I thank you so much for taking the time to be being with us again. The article is: Is China Z winning against Trump? 
And uh, actually, no, the way you wrote it is Z's choice, destroy Trump or save him and weaken America. David Vondrely, thanks for being with us on The Savage Nation. That's a fascinating interview. I've got to just summarize by saying one of the advantages of the long-form talk radio show that I'm enjoying currently, and you'll notice in the second hour and the third segment we have a guest. This is exactly why I look forward to the second hour, and I hope you do as well. Back in a minute. Savage. It is the uh, Savage Nation, and uh, I thought that was a great interview. It was very, very deep. It was not uh, just skating over the surface. And you've got to ask yourself, who's actually winning the trade war, uh, us or China? We don't know right now. We don't really know right now. What do you think? Seattle, Susan, you're clearly on the side of Donald Trump winning. Is that correct? I'm sorry? What is your position? Susan, you call the radio show. What's your position on the trade war? Well, you know, I, I will be the first to admit that one of the chinks in my educational armor would have been economics, because I found it very ugly and boring, and I wish that I had paid more attention. But because I think that Trump, you know, is a person that has proven many times over that because of his own business dealings, that he knows what he's doing, to just, you know, constantly find somebody who, who, who wants to chip away at, you know, our feelings of confidence in him. I, I just, I don't understand the need to keep doing that. I'd like to have... So are you unhappy that I even engaged in, in the discussion? Well, you know, uh, let me tell you... Well, no, if I were a true radio host and a real conservative of the type that you're listening to on a regular basis... I would lick Trump's boots every day and not even question whether he's winning or losing. I think that's what you're used to, isn't it? Because you're saying I listen to other people that you call names. All so, I in other words, you're unhappy that I even had a discussion with someone who doesn't think Trump is doing that well in the trade war. Isn't that true? You're very unhappy with me? You're saying, I said. Well, what are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. Well, you know, today was kind of a funny day. I, As I... Ended listening to one program, your program came on, and I had stopped listening to you because I just, you know, I really felt that you were being, I, I just didn't know where you were. That's right. Thought is very, very challenging to those who can't think. And I understand that the true believer doesn't want to even question authority. And that's another slap. What do you mean? You're all Well, what do you want me to do? Kiss your feet? I'm not, the, I'm not your husband who left you. You, you think you're the only person that's had any education, and it's really, you know... No, I don't. Not at all. But there are people with educations who are not that smart. And there are people with high educations who are slavish in their thinking. So you don't think we should even question Trump on any no, subject I, matter? We shouldn't even question him? I'd like him? to give him some credit to wait and see, is what I'm saying. And along the way, we're not supposed to even ask whether or not he's winning. Is that right? I said, along the way, we're not supposed to ask. I don't live in China. I don't live in a dictatorship. I'm not Sean Hannity, a bootlicker and water carrier. I am a man who asks questions. And if you don't like these questions, I can't help you. All right. I hope that you just don't go away mad, that you just go away. This is the Savage Nation. If you want slavish worship of a leader... This is the wrong show. If you want someone who questions authority, this is the right show. It's the Savage Nation. Definitely the right show, not the wrong show. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> 